0: Hello, it's great to have you with us. Many thanks as you join us here on Search for Truth. This is your Bible study program with your teacher Brian Johnston. Today Brian's talk is called Convinced About the Sanctuary Worship of God. The pinnacle of worship is when we partake in the bread and wine in remembrance of the crucifixion of our Saviour. If you've experienced it or something similar, you'll know it's a very precious time. And here's Brian to explain from Scripture what sanctuary worship means. Thanks, John. We'll try to do that as we now come to
1: the final part of our four-part study of a single Greek word that's found four times in the New Testament. The last recorded instance of this word is found in Hebrews 10 and verse 22. But let's start reading from verse 19. Since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. The teaching of Hebrews, as we discovered last time, is in relation to what's described in chapter 3, verse 6 as God's house, where evidently faithfulness, obedience and commitment are demanded on our part. Throughout, a conditional note is struck, because overall the teaching doesn't apply to our salvation or to our membership in the body of Christ, but the teaching of the Hebrews letter applies to how we live out our faith in serving the Lord. And now the word that we're tracking is in verse 22 of chapter 10, where it's full assurance of faith. Those in churches of God are to have full assurance about what it is they do when they gather together each Sunday morning. It can be discouraging if there's only a few, or maybe circumstances are such that we don't feel on the face of it that it's been terribly uplifting. But I want us to understand how God sees it, which is how the Scriptures present it, so that in full assurance of faith we gather and participate. From verses such as Acts 20 and verses 6 and 7, it's quite clear that the earliest believers met on the first day of each week purposely to break the bread in remembrance of the risen Lord, just as he had asked them to do shortly before he went out to die. This was designed to be the primary gathering of churches of God, the highlight with which each week's service began. If that's the timing for public worship, then the setting is found in the verse we read earlier. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus... Not everyone would be clear as to what that holy place is, so let's check it out. Again, reading in context, you can scan back to see where this is mentioned previously, and you come to Hebrews 9 and verse 24. For Christ did not enter a holy place made with hands, a mere copy of the true one, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. When our Lord rose on the third day, And later ascended into heaven, he entered into a holy place not made with hands, not of this creation, but a place that's in heaven. It's there he appears before the face of God for us as our great high priest. And that's the place, the very same holy place, that we're invited to enter into on the first day of every week. Hebrews 9.24 says, it's not a mere copy of the true one, a mere copy. Let's check we know what's being referred to. Back in the time of Moses, to which so much of the letter to the Hebrews refers, there was something called the tabernacle. Look up Exodus chapters 25 to 40 and you'll find about it. This tabernacle was on earth and in it, and in particular in the tent of meeting, there existed a copy of something in heaven. That's why God said very strictly to Moses, make sure that you make it according to the pattern that was shown you in the mountain. It was because it was reflecting on earth, as a copy, a reality that existed originally in heaven. We may recall from our knowledge of the Old Testament, from Leviticus chapter 16, that one day every year, one of the priests, the high priest, was instructed to enter into that inner sanctum of the tent of meeting in the tabernacle. We know that the ordinary priests could officiate in the first section of the tent of meeting. That's the compartment that housed the lampstand, the table of showbread and the golden altar, but they went no further. On what was called the Day of Atonement, again Leviticus 16, one day every year, the high priest went straight through that first section and actually went beyond the dividing veil and on into the second section of the tabernacle into the Holy of Holies. It was only a replica of the true holy place in heaven But it was sacred enough on earth that only one man, only once a year, and not without blood, could enter there into the immediate presence of God. Once inside, he sprinkled animal blood before and on the mercy seat, overshadows as it was with the wings of the cherubim. Now, I'd ask you to come with me to earlier verses in Hebrews 9, verses 7 to 9. But into the second, only the high priest enters, once a year, not without taking blood, which he offers for himself and for the sins of the people committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit is signifying this, that the way into the holy place has not yet been disclosed while the outer tabernacle is still standing, which is a symbol for the time then present. This refers back to the outer tabernacle. That's the first section of the overall tabernacle prior to the veil and the Holy of Holies. It says, While that first section was still standing, it was a symbol for the time then present. Not for today, but for the time then present. I think very often we read these verses and we've made an assumption that the whole of the tabernacle is a parable for the whole of what we do now in the present time. But that's not the sense here. First of all, it's not the whole tabernacle that's been spoken about at the end of verse 8. But it's the first section only the outer tabernacle, and it's a symbol or parable for the time then present when it was in operation. Let me explain why that's true. Because the way into the holies, we're told, was not then disclosed. It wasn't revealed. Now, there's two senses to that. One is physical and visual, and the other is spiritual. Let's just think about what was happening physically back then, on the one day each year, when the high priest entered the second or inner section of the tabernacle. We've got this tent of meeting, and it's in two sections, the first section and the second section, or the outer and the inner. And the second section, or the inner tabernacle, is where the Ark of the Covenant is. It's the Holy of Holies, and only the high priest goes in there on one day every year. On that one day, when the high priest was walking to the Holy of Holies, no human saw him. Because the way into the holies was not disclosed. Remember, the Old Testament tells us no priests were to be working in the first section of the tabernacle when the high priest went straight through it into the second section to sprinkle the blood. And certainly, no Israelite in the encampment of Israel could see what was going on simply because blocking their view of the high priest walking through the tent of meeting were all those boards with curtains and animal skins draped over them, covering over his route. Clearly, The progress of the high priest was not disclosed. When he entered through the veil into the second section, no human eye saw that. And the Holy Spirit is saying, now I want us to learn what that means, for there's a spiritual dimension to this as well. First, let's go to Hebrews 10, verses 5 to 9, and words taken up by the Lord Jesus when he said, sacrifices and offerings and whole burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you have not desired, nor have you taken pleasure in them. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will. He takes away the first in order to establish the second. The wonder of the cross, combined with the incarnation of our Lord Jesus, is that he's totally transformed our worship experience. All the system of sacrifices of the Old Testament ended, of course, at the cross. The Lord took away the first, that he might establish the second, The second being an entirely new way of approach to God. The teaching in Hebrews chapter 9 by the Holy Spirit is that this first section of the tabernacle represented that old economy. It represented the totality of Israel's previous approach to God and worship under the old covenant. All the system of sacrifices and offerings, think of all that being associated with the first section of the tabernacle. And the Holy Spirit is saying when that first section was still standing, the way into the holy place was not made manifest. It wasn't disclosed. But the Lord came that he might take away what that first section represented, taking away all the system of offerings and sacrifices, being the whole old way of approaching God under the Mosaic Covenant. The Lord has taken it away through his cross work. And if you then picture that first section of the tabernacle, being removed physically, if that had been the case long ago you would have plainly seen the high priest walking into the second section. Now that's what's happened spiritually. The way into the holy place has been disclosed to us and it's not merely a copy of the true but it's the true holy place itself. It's the way into the holies in heaven into which Christ has entered already as a forerunner. That's what's been disclosed to us. And we're invited to draw near with boldness, to enter into the holy place in heaven, not made with hands, and where Christ has already entered. That's what's now disclosed to us, by the Spirit, through the Scriptures, and we're invited to come in there. Do you see the picture? It's the way into the true holies, and it's the way we come every first day of the week when churches of God gather to break the bread as commanded. What's more, we're encouraged to do so with full assurance of faith. We may be few. We may stumble in our offerings. It may not be a physically impressive performance. People may come and observe, and if they didn't know this teaching of Scripture, they may well say, that wasn't very enthralling this morning. There were a lot of silences, and it was all very solemn. But they're not seeing it in the full assurance of faith, in the stupendous thing that's happening, which is the greatest spiritual experience this side of heaven, open to us week after week as we gather around the Lord's table and enter into the holy place above. Even the copy of what we enter wasn't disclosed long ago because of the physical hindrance But even all that sacrificial system which it typified has now been taken out of the way by the Lord so that we have an entrance into the true holies in heaven. That's to be our total conviction.
0: May I give you a, a little reminder about the book which contains all the transcripts of the four talks in this series? Well, it can be yours for the asking, and if you'd like a copy, just write in by post or email. Ask for the title, Total Conviction, and here's our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wotton Bassett, Swindon, SN48DY, UK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. Now, sorry to say that our time is up, but it's been great to have your company. Thank you. I look forward to you joining me again next week, if you can, for the first talk in a new series. But until then, it's cheerio and very best wishes from Brian, David, our singers, and me, John. See you soon, and may God richly bless you.